Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash all Steelers talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers, well, their bye week, it didn't go as they wanted to, didn't go as planned, but that's okay. Plenty of optimism moving forward. We'll dive into the outcomes of the rest of the AFC North throughout the weekend on top of a new and very, very, very surprising offensive coordinator candidate for the Pittsburgh Steelers after Matt Canada and a potential trade as the deadline approaches for pittsburgh it is a uh i don't know i don't even want to say it's a gloomy day because this is just a regular day now in the city of pittsburgh <laughs> as we fully immerse ourselves in fall how you feeling my friend feel good feel refreshed after the bye week yeah it's uh it's not gloomy but this is just the reality this is just you know when it gets cold in pittsburgh it gets gray as well yes yes it never uh it never stops i actually I went outside to take my garbage out last night at like nine o'clock and I was, I had to come back inside. I was like, I can't go out there in shorts. This is, it's like 25 degrees outside. Mm. It's ridiculous. It never stops. It's only going to get worse. That's okay. Because, uh, you know, it's part of football season. I will say that my fiance yesterday dropped the, I can't wait for the holidays comment. And I was like, will you stop already? <laughs> like nobody, you wanted fall falls here. Nobody wanted fall. Now you're asking for winter. It's got a, let's not bury ourselves just yet you know we've got, that's what we've got I'm a saying. long way to go before actual winter gets here that's what i'm there's just no need for cold for the next six months there's nobody likes it nobody enjoys it nobody christmas is cool no i'm not i'm not rushing it i'm not even looking forward to it all right let's talk pittsburgh steelers bye week didn't really uh didn't really go as planned they fell out of the top spot in the afc north the baltimore ravens cincinnati Bengals, and cleveland browns all won baltimore started the day in london they it was a close game, but it really wasn't a close game. 24 to 16 over the Tennessee Titans. The Cleveland Browns upset the San Francisco 49ers 19 to 17 without Deshaun Watson on the field. Very, very surprising. And then the Cincinnati Bengals win their third game of the season 17 to 13 over the Seattle Seahawks. Pittsburgh currently sits second place in the AFC North. Bad weekend. I don't know. Is it can you what did you have higher expectations? Did you have I didn't really, I went into the bye week with my mindset being, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in first place in the AFC North. That's cool. But everybody else plays a game this weekend. Once everybody started winning, everybody on social media was like, oh my gosh, this is as bad as it gets for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I feel like they're they're maybe still in a good spot. Did you have expectations for this weekend? Uh, I didn't expect the the Browns to beat the 49ers, but I mean, other than than that, I feel like it all kind of played out how you would have expected it to. I mean, Baltimore's yeah. definitely better than Tennessee. I think Cincinnati's better than better than Seattle, so I expected those wins, but you know, I don't think you're in an awful place because I mean, I don't think I mean Deshaun Watson's status for the future is, is very much in question. I mean, I don't think the Bengals really showed you anything particularly impressive, and then yeah. the Ravens kind of beat up on a pretty bad Titans team. So, you know, it it stinks that you you are playing from behind a little bit more now that everyone picked up a win while you were idle. But I don't think, you know, in terms of the actual football of it, anyone showed you anything that you think is, you know, particularly terrifying. You know, if like the Browns had lit up the 49ers, then you yeah. might have been scared. If the if the Bengals, you know, lit up the the Seahawks and it looked like Joe Burrow was was really returning to form, uh, I think then you would be really concerned. But I don't think that really happened. And I don't think you you're in a worse spot, but I don't think you're in a bad spot if you're the Steelers coming out of the bye week. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, you know, I get the expectation of, well, it was nice. It would have been nice to come back from the bye week, still be in first place in the AFC North, but there's a difference between a win and a concerning win. And I don't think any of those teams showed concern. Like cool. PJ Walker led the Browns to a win over the 49ers, but the 49ers miss a field goal at the end of that game. And if they don't miss the field goal, they win that game. They miss two. two. Exactly. So they, they win that game. Baltimore fully expected them to beat the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are not good. And then Cincinnati only putting up 17 points. I mean, that's not there. There was nothing over the weekend that went, Oh man, the Steelers, life just got much more difficult like it was already difficult the thing is is if they go and they beat the los angeles rams they'll i believe move back into first place in the afc north the the ravens will be five and two the steelers will be four and two but i believe maybe now maybe the ravens would still have yeah half a game lead in the division either way you're still controlling your fate like you're you're in the driver's seat of the afc north race the ravens have to go on a bye week at some point you're going to have the opportunity to surpass them you play all these teams again in cincinnati twice i mean i am not uh, i think a lot of people were were nervous were were kind of making big assumptions i just looked at it and went yeah like it it is what it is you didn't play football this weekend you didn't have an opportunity to keep a hold of the afc north and to come out of here in second place i mean it's pretty good, but the AFC North, I mean, as a whole, definitely getting tighter, definitely getting more competitive and uh, something that I think as we move forward, the Steelers, you know, that they're going to have to keep winning to to hold on to a chance to to pull this one out. Yeah, and they still, I mean, they still have a 2-0 record in the division. Like, they yeah. have, they own a tiebreaker over, over two teams right now, so I think that's something that you can also hang your hat on. Like, it's not for as much as these guys have moved up in the division, I still think it's going to come down to to those tiebreakers. So notching two wins early on has been huge. And I think the one thing that we were, I mean, I'm still like, I don't know what's wrong with the Bengals. Like I, I still no. kind of have no idea what's going on with them. And that was kind of your biggest concern. You know, even coming out of that Ravens game, you thought, yeah, like you've, you've got two games in hand, but you assume you're at least going to lose one of the Bengals. Uh, if not both of those games, because they are a, you know, more talented roster, and then anything can happen in those last two games against the the Browns and the and the Ravens. But I'm not, I, I I'm comfortable saying I'm not really scared of Cincinnati anymore. Like I I don't think they've, like even if they keep winning, uh, they have not proven that they are, you know, the caliber of team that will obviously blow out the Steelers, even if you know 
even if it's an AFC North game that, that doesn't stay close, like, I don't know. They just don't really have seem to have the firepower that they used to anymore. At least that firepower is just not clicking in the same way that it had. Yeah, I agree. Like they're not a team. That, it, it could be a shootout. Cool. But the shootout's going to be a defensive shootout. It's going to be, you know, 24 to 21. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have the team to beat those or, or to win those games. Whereas in last year, it was like, oh, if you don't score 30 points, you're not beating the Cincinnati Bengals. And if that's not the case, like you could beat a team if you're Pittsburgh 17-14. You, you have the capabilities. You have the talent to do so. So I agree. Since he doesn't really scare me, Cleveland doesn't scare me at all, especially because cool, whatever. But th- that just happens. You know, P.J. Walker walks in there. The, the defense is all fired up because they realize they got to win this game. Brock Purdy has a, an average game in the I think I'm pretty sure San Francisco had like 100 yards going into the fourth quarter of total offense like that's how bad they were uh, and then Christian McCaffrey goes down so I just feel like yeah good game good win can't you can't disqualify win those things the flukes happen those things those moments happen and then Baltimore is Baltimore I think they're the biggest threat for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward but you already have a one game advantage over them you're in a good place I wouldn't panic if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan about coming back from the bye week and being in second place in the AFC North. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers on a buy, on a break, away from the team. Matt Canada is not going anywhere. That's what rumors and reports and everything are saying. That's our expectations here. But everybody's asking about it. Jerry Dulac in his weekly chat for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette was asked, who is a possible candidate to replace Matt Canada if he is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers after this season? Dulac acknowledged. I would not commit right now to Matt Canada not being there for however long you want him to not be there for or when you want him to not be there any longer. But he did name he did name a name. He dropped a name. John Gruden, friend, former coach, head coach to Mike Tomlin's defensive back coach in Tampa Bay as a possible replacement for Matt Canada. The last time John Gruden was an offensive coordinator in the NFL, who he, and we all know John Gruden currently not in the NFL. Very alarming stuff, all that whole story. Uh, that's a whole other side to- conversation. Last time John Gruden was an OC in the NFL, 1997 for the Philadelphia Eagles. That team averaged 22 points per game. The Pittsburgh Steelers currently this season, 15.8 points per game. So if you're sitting around thinking John Gruden is a defensive coach and why would he be an offensive coordinator? Well, he proved to be maybe a little bit better than Matt Canada is currently your thoughts. When you heard John Gruden, possible replacement Pittsburgh Steelers, offensive coordinator next season. Um, Yeah. It, this just seems like the wrong direction. Uh, I think if you're going to make an offensive coordinator change, it can't, it shouldn't be someone older you know, someone who, like you said, was last an offensive coordinator in the 1990s. I think if you're hiring a new offensive coordinator, it's got to be someone young, someone who is forward thinking, someone who can kind of keep up with how the NFL is changing, especially considering the fact that most of your offensive roster is really young and it's going to be a unit that you have to build around for a while. Um, 
I don't think you can look backwards with this hire. Um, and I f- that's what I feel like hiring John Gruden would be. Um, and that's purely from a football perspective. That's, you know, like you said, ignoring all of the other extra baggage that, that John Gruden would bring with him to Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, this just, there's, there's good experience there. I, I think it's, yeah. but I don't know if it's the kind of experience you want. And I, I think you would just, you have the world at your fingertips. If you were the Pittsburgh Steelers looking for a new offensive yes. coordinator, I don't know why you would limit yourself to, to someone like John Gruden, you know, to again, just, just someone who who's, I, I think the better parts of his career are, are behind him quite honestly um, as a coach. Yeah. That is, so it's just, it would be a weird hire in my opinion. Yeah, it would just it would be pretty spot on for Mike Tomlin. Like it would be as Mike Tomlin of a move as Mike Tomlin moves come. I agree with that one, but I agree. Like what that I don't think there's anybody out there. I don't think there's a a single Pittsburgh Steelers fan or analyst or anybody who's sitting around going, "You want to know who the Pittsburgh Steelers should hire? John Gruden." That should be why is nobody calling John Gruden? Why have we not talked about John Gruden? No, the conversation has been the same the entire time. Go out Get somebody young, call Kyle Shanahan and say, hey, buddy, who's left on this coaching staff? Who needs an offensive coordinator job that you would recommend? I'm about to hire him. Call Philadelphia. Get whoever's operating their offensive line and or run game over there. Get them to Pittsburgh. There's a million people that you could call that are younger, that are quarterback coaches in this league, that are running game coordinators in this league that you could just test out. You know, like I get it. You tried to do that with Matt Canada, but you didn't do it the right way. Like you brought Matt Canada on as a quarterback's coach. He didn't prove anything as a quarterback's coach. And then the next year you were like, you want to know what? This guy's an offensive coordinator. Let's get him over here. Let's let's promote him today. No, go get somebody who's proven. Go get somebody who works with a genius offensive staff right now or a head coach or a coordinator already who has just been molded and groomed into creating a great offense go get him. I think that's what everybody is talking about right now. Nobody. And I mean, nobody is sitting around going, man, that Mike Tomlin, John Gruden coaching staff would be incredible. Meanwhile, just to add some context here, Warren Sapp, former player for both of these guys. He, uh, he couldn't handle it on Jason Whitlock's show who I got to say, I don't watch Jason Whitlock's show, but I saw I saw the clip floating around out there. He was asked about the situation and he his quote is, I can't even tell you what John said. And then he just said, come on, not even close, which I would assume is. Is a no, he's not going to take the job. I mean, I, I feel like if I'm John Gruden, I'm taking that job. Like if I'm if I'm offered an offensive coordinator job in Pittsburgh to go work with Mike Tomlin. I don't know a better opportunity that's going to come my way at this stage in my NFL career. If I, if it's reversed and I'm John and I'm John's agent. Yeah. I'm coming to Pittsburgh. No question. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm not calling John Gruden because there's just no point in calling John Gruden. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what point John is at in his career. I think he like consulting with the saints right now or something like that. Um, is he, I think so. Let me, uh, this is, yeah, I think this is yeah. He's uh, his Wikipedia says that he is consulting with the Saints right now. Um, <laughs> That's good enough. But uh, yeah, so like this is this would obviously be a huge upgrade for him, uh, especially at this point in his career. Like you point out, that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah, if I'm from the Steelers, I just I I just don't get why why that would be your guy. You know, maybe he's a candidate, maybe someone you consider. I don't know. You bring him in for an interview or whatever. But like you said, like there are a million. You know, young assistants working with good 
good offensive teams right now that have, and, and, and like I said, you don't just need to take a chance on guys. Like there are enough guys out there that you can properly vet a pretty good candidate and you can bring in a bunch of guys who are looking for their, their next big opportunity. And you will like kind of have your pick of the litter, you know, like you will, yeah. you will be able to, to really find someone who's able to mold this offense in, in the image that you want can develop a relationship with Kenny and George and, and Najee and the rest of the young players on this team and build something like long-term, you know, like I, I think, I, I just think you, you're not looking very far down the road. Like John Gruden seems like a bandaid to, to a, to a, to a big issue that you have. And you have a chance to, by hiring someone younger and thinking a little bit further down the road to, repair the issues with these offense and build something sustainable. Uh, so like, I just, I, th- and I think John Gruden sticks you in the mud, you know, like it doesn't move you forward at all. In my opinion. Yeah, that's I, I a hundred percent agree. You are, you're staying where you are. You're taking, you're maybe, maybe going low risk. Maybe that's the yeah. situation you're looking for is a low risk, but I think low risk, low reward. Like there's just, there's no spark there. There's no nothing. You're going to, you're going to get back to old Pittsburgh Steelers football. But if I had to make a guess, like if I had to be, if, if I was predicting this, J- Jerry Dulac always knows something. I always trust Jerry when he says something. This one this adds up to me. Like this is a, this is a move that if it, if the off season came and somebody said, Hey, who do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers would hire as an offensive coordinator? And the name John Gruden was floating around out there. Cause I would have before today, I would have never thought about that name. It would have never crossed my mind. I would have started coming up with quarterback coaches and running back coaches and and all these stuff around the NFL would have totally ignored John Gruden. If you told me if the name John Gruden was floating around there and somebody asked me, hey, who do you believe the next offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers would be? I would say there's probably a pretty good shot. It's John Gruden because that just that adds up, man. That's just if Mike Tomlin is not a guy who takes risks, he's not a guy who makes splash he doesn't do anything he he sits right here and he's won a super bowl so he's allowed to sit right here i guess but he's not i don't i don't see him going up from here like i just see him this is where i this is where this is the line that we stay on this is the line we roll with it has worked it will continue to work we're not gonna go and i just don't think i don't think john gruden raises the bar you know what i mean john gruden john gruden allows mike tomlin to stay who mike tomlin is he allows the Pittsburgh Steelers to be who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. And no doubt he's going to come in there and he's going to run the football. Like that's, and that's who the Pittsburgh Steelers want. That's what they want to happen. They want to be a running football team. John Gruden is a ground and pound old school head coach. That's just, that's just what it, what it works out. Although 97, no, nah, I guess that wouldn't be McNabb. McNabb's after that. I was going yeah. to say that's the McNabb T. I don't even know who would be there beforehand. Cause that's before Peyton Manning. That's old. Yeah. It's, it's real old school. And I like what you said about low risk. I think that's probably what they would be aiming for if this is. Yes. But this isn't even like, like I think Bill O'Brien getting hired by the Patriots. That seems like low risk to me. Yes. But that's at least a little bit like at least Bill O'Brien had, you know, had a little bit more relevant experience that, you know, in this decade, you know, like it was John Gruden just is low risk. And I think none of the upside that you're, that, that you could hope for. Like, I don't know if you're looking for someone safe, I feel like there are options out there too, that aren't just so, I, I don't know, so far removed from this era of NFL offense. Um, I, and I just think if you're looking to, 
to change the if you're looking to change this team's identity at all, if you're looking to like, you know, make some progress and move forward, which is, I, I feel like what they should be doing. I, this just, this makes sense in a personality sense, like you said, for the Steelers and for Mike Tomlin, but from a football perspective, I just don't, I, I don't get it at all. No, me neither. Me neither. I will toss out, I'm going to toss out two names right now that I believe, and, I, and I'll do a deeper dive on this later in the week, probably tomorrow. Antoine Randall Okay. Okay. And Mike Kafka, quarterback's coach for the Giants. Antoine Randall, wide receiver's coach for the Lions. If either of them are getting uh, getting jobs, then wow. Quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, shout out to Nick. Ty Detmer, don't even know who that is. <laughs> no idea who this is, but they scored more points than the Pittsburgh Steelers have this season, so. Credit to him. Good for them. Antoine Randall and Mike Kafka would be two two candidates that I think are somewhat realistic for the Pittsburgh Steelers that they should go get. Not John Gruden. Don't believe John Gruden is one of them. Antoine Randall makes a lot of sense. Bring him back to Pittsburgh. That's a guy that worked with Mike Tom. I don't know if he played for Mike Tomlin, but he played for Bill Cowher, won a Super Bowl here, is doing doing good things over there. Might as well. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I mean, sh- shoot, the Lions like Lions look really good, and I don't think they have really like good. overwhelming talent. You know, like. Jared Goff was like former number one overall pick, but I don't think anyone looks at him like, oh yeah, you can you can throw anyone in, you know he can make any scheme work. You know he's that he's that yeah. talented. Like Amon Ross St. Brown is good, but like you know they, they've made a bunch of like like Josh Reynolds and um not Josh yeah Reynolds, yeah like the, but they have a bunch of of receivers and they've made uh you know pass catchers work in that offense that I don't think like they've done a lot with with not a whole lot there in Detroit. That's what I'm saying. Jameson Williams shows up and like in four plays, he's in the end zone. Yeah. So that, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's developing good guys. That would be a name. I'll, I'll dive deeper into those throughout the week as I do a little bit more, but just off the top of my head, as I'm looking through coaches, you know, those are two that uh, certainly stand out to me. The NFL trade deadline, two weeks away. Week, Yeah, two weeks away. It's week seven. So two weeks today. Um, Last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they made some moves. They went out, got William Jackson the third at the deadline. They traded Chase Claypool at the deadline. Shout out to the Chicago Bears and the Miami Dolphins. Um, this year, everybody's going to be speculating again. Omar Khan's going to want to make some moves. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a winning team. And if they win this weekend, I think there's like a real shot that they evaluate, hey, what do we need to do to take that next step to kind of secure ourselves as a as a playoff team in the second half of the season? Mark Caboli of The Athletic was asked, who is the top candidate for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be traded at the deadline? His answer, third-string quarterback Mason Rudolph. This is year 15 in a row, I believe, that Mason Rudolph has been named the top candidate for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be traded at the deadline. Your thoughts? You think that's a, a realistic thing at this point? Does Mason even hold any trade value this deep in his NFL career and this long without playing a game or uh, we just picking a guy and running with it because there's nobody else to trade. I think it's a little bit more of the latter. I think it's more that there aren't super appealing. I, I shouldn't say that. It's not that there are, aren't super appealing players on the Steelers roster, but none that I think the, the team is really willing to part with at this point. I think Mason is probably yeah. the most likely uh, to get traded on a team of not very likely guys to get traded at all. Um, and I think you're also kind of working under the assumption that, Teams are going to need quarterbacks at, at some point. Yes. Like in, at any team that does need a quarterback at this point in the year is going to be really desperate for one. Uh, so 
yeah, this that that kind of makes sense when it pops into my head. Uh, just that Mason would be, but that also might be because we've been talking about Mason maybe getting traded for the past, you know, however many millions of years. Um, That's what I'm saying. It, and I just, I, I think, I don't know. Honestly, I think the longer that Mason sits on the bench, the more that his value kind of goes up. Quite honestly, the less that you see him play. Quite honestly, like, I oh think, really? You think yeah, it goes up? Well, yeah, I think you can kind of talk yourself into. Oh, this guy's been around NFL teams before. You know, he has some experience True. in that sense. Like, he hasn't put a whole lot on like film. You know, like he hasn't yeah. had to. You know, really step into the fire as a starting quarterback uh, very recently. So I think, I I think th- what we what we see about Ma- in Mason and what we see at practice or training camp and and things like that, other teams, other people just don't see that. You know, every day. Yeah. So I think they they can sell themselves more on the potential than than you know what what people like us who are kind of a little bit closer to the matter can see every day yeah i i i uh my mindset was the other way around like the longer he sits around the longer people are going to be like how long until this guy's out of the league but maybe you're right you know what i mean maybe not even as a starter but just a guy that you're like okay like you know the cleveland browns are a bad are a bad example but a good example at the same time they're not going to trade for mason rudolph but they needed a quarterback. DTR wasn't getting it done as a rookie. They said, "All right, let's let's call PJ Walker. Let's get PJ Walker out there. He's going to get a helmet. He's going to start." I think there are other teams. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars possibly just lost their quarterback last year or last night. Maybe that's an example. I I do agree. Like a team that's going to be searching for that QB three right now or that backup. Mason's a guy that you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna give up a lot, but. He could come in here. He's a professional. Everybody loves Mason Rudolph. Nobody in the locker room dislikes Mason Rudolph. The coaching staff loves Mason Rudolph. Everybody talks about how good of a guy Mason Rudolph, how good of a team he is, how how smart he is working as a backup. I think it, it, that that does make a lot of sense. I don't. I mean, after after a couple of years, you know what I mean. I just feel like at this point we've talked Mason Rudolph dry. Yeah. Like it's to a point where. Last year it was supposed to be the Detroit Lions. They didn't make a move for him. Maybe it's this year. Maybe this is the year that they're like, all right, we need a we need a guy. I don't even know who Detroit's backups are, but last year it was like something Boyd or something. Uh, Tim Boyd, to Tim Boyle. I don't even know. And they were looking for a backup quarterback. There's got to be a team out there. I think it does make sense. What are you giving up for Mason Rudolph? Your team that needs a backup quarterback. What do you what are you calling the Pittsburgh Steelers for? You got to remember that you know. Omar Khan is involved and that guy makes some moves. You know, that guy, he, he does some things that should chase Claypool played 11 games for the 32nd pick in the draft, 11 games and did nothing in those 11 games. William Jackson came here for about 13 cents and a bag of Skittles. And I don't even think the Pittsburgh Steelers had to give anything up for him. I think the conditional sixth round pick turned into a seventh round pick in like three years. Yeah. And they didn't even, I mean, they didn't get to play him, but they gave up nothing for him. So you got to remember Omar Khan's in this. What are you giving up for uh, Mason Rudolph or what are you getting for Mason Rudolph? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm offering anything higher than a six round pick or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Maybe like, depending on how desperate you are, maybe you, you work your way up to a fifth, but like that would, that'd be quite a bit. Like, I think a six is about is about where you're where you're sitting at it's got to be draft picks i don't think you're swapping players for a guy like mason rudolph so i yeah that is sixth seventh if you can you're not and it's not multiple picks no you're you're it's one pick straight up for mason i think is 
is the only thing that I'm kind of considering. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Sixth would be good, maybe a fifth, depending on the team. Let me toss this out there, okay? Justin Fields goes down. Hand injury. Could uh, could miss some time. And don't get me wrong, Nathan Peterman, a dude as a backup. You know, all respect to Nathan Peterman. He didn't even. That guy's. It, it, Fields went no. down. Yeah, he, uh, what was it? Bagnant? Tyson Bagnant. Yeah, we saw Bag- him at the at Senior Bowl. Yeah, we did. And he uh, did not look good <laughs> at the Senior Bowl. Looked actually terrible at the Senior Bowl. Um, but that's their backup right now. And, and Nathan Peterman, I mean, again, good guy. I respect anybody who's been cut and added as many times as he has this season on one team. Yeah. I hope he has not. I hope he stayed in his apartment. Like at this point, he's got to just be like, well, I'm coming back tomorrow. Right. So whatever. Possibly need a backup quarterback. Possibly need a starting quarterback with Justin Fields going down. I'm taking Mason Rudolph before I take uh, Tyson Bagant, whatever his, whatever his name is. The Las Vegas Raiders. Jimmy G gets put into an ambulance yesterday, taken to the hospital because of a back injury. No, no idea how much time he's going to miss, according to, I don't know. I saw Dove Kleiman <laughs> tweeted out, so I don't know where he got it from. Could be missing at least a game. Brian Hoare is their backup. Maybe they make a phone call. That's certainly an option. The Colts, I mean, uh, I mean uh, Gardner Minshew, yeah, I think, the Colts, threw three picks as a backup for the Colts yesterday. The Colts, that's a great one, actually. You you got, you definitely got got names. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you have options. I mean, but let's let's be honest. The New England Patriots, they could, they'd take anybody you could give them. At this point, they don't have a starter or a backup, and they're probably going to use Malik Willis as, or uh, Malik, Cunningham. Malik Cunningham as a quarterback when he's clearly not a quarterback in the NFL. That's where they're at. So maybe that's an option. There are teams. I think like a year ago, we were like, oh, who, need, who needs a backup quarterback? It's the Detroit Lions. This year, it's like, oh, there's like four or five teams that are in a tough spot and could be getting worse. Again, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we don't know what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. I think I think there's definitely better options than a year ago. Maybe. Maybe. you think? Uh, do you think that there's any chance that a team like Chicago, a team like Vegas, a team like... Um, the, like Indy calls and they say something like, Hey, look at Mason's cool, but we're not really looking for backup. We're looking for somebody to come in here, compete to see if they could start. Would you consider trading Mitch Trubisky? Do you think that that's a possibility? Do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers would show any interest in that possibility? Well, I think you'd have to, if someone comes calling, because if someone's looking for Mitch, like I said, they're, they're a lot more desperate for a quarterback than yeah. you know someone who's calling for Mason Rudolph. Um, so you could get a pretty decent haul, I think, for Mitch Trubisky. Honestly, like that, I don't know if a team's calling him about you. Like you're, they're clearly looking for a starting caliber guy, and that commands a much higher price. And I, I think you yeah. could, you could work your way up into like fourth or third round draft pick territory, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, and maybe not a second, but I mean, if Chase Claypool went nah, for a nah. second, like, yeah, but I think Chase still had like the, uh, shine. There's potential here. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like this guy is six, three and he runs a four, three, two. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. But you can't catch a football. So, you know, who, who cares? Um, but I think a third, fourth round pick from Mitch would, could definitely work depending on the team. And I, I mean, I don't see why not. You know what I mean? I I don't, yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't consider that move if somebody came calling and maybe somebody does come i mean indianapolis is not a bad team right now they just don't have a quarterback and anthony richardson might miss the entire season because of the shoulder injury 
Why not Mitch? Mitch Mitch can hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss 50 times a game. Like, I think he's certainly capable of doing that. That's That's what I'm saying. Run the football a little bit. You're good there. I think that's an option. I certainly think that's an option. I think dealing a quarterback makes a lot of sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's made a lot of sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at this point, like, you're not holding on to a quarterback because you're like, oh, well, Kenny's got to develop. No, Kenny is who we're hoping Kenny turns into something better, but. Mitch Trubisky hanging around is not going to, it clearly is not helping the situation. I don't think it's going to make it any worse if he leaves. I feel like, yeah, Kenny will be just fine either way. I think the more pressing issue is the, the offensive coordinator slash himself. Yeah. So I don't think it's Mitch. Yeah. I, I do think we kind of overplayed that a little bit. Like, you know, yeah. during the off season is how important Mitch Trubisky was to Kenny Pickett's development. Like I don't, I, I think he certainly helps. I think he can be he can be a good resource for Kenny, but he's not, you know, the end all be all to Kenny's career. No, no, not at all. So I think if if a team calls and they say, Hey, Omar, look at we're looking for a QB, and toss both them out there and say, Hey, what you got for us? See what happens. And I I think a move could be made. Do I expect one? I don't know. I'm not gonna say no because Omar Khan's in the house and I didn't expect anything last year, and I sat there and I wrote like four stories in a row because everybody kept walking in the room and they're going, this guy's gone next. This guy's gone next. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Keep them coming. So anything could happen. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast, and make sure to check out all of our work at allsteelers.com and all, all of our pit coverage at InsideThePanthers.com. New merch dropped at BlackAndGoldApparel.com, so make sure you check that out. And as always, enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.